What's going on, everybody? How's it going out there in podcast land? We are back. We are questions like this. We are back with yet another episode. Sorry, it took you a uh, sorry it took us so long to uh, to get back to you guys, but we are definitely back. We're still not going away, and we are back. This is episode number ten, if you can believe it. We are in episode number ten. We have finally reached double digits. Yeah, da da da. Boom. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, surprisingly, it's probably the lo- the longest time I've committed to anything in the past like year, besides, uh, you know, grad school <laughs> <laughs> and and jobs, of course. Yeah, jobs. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is now a baseball podcast. So um, yeah, because the fucking Dodgers are in the World Series, man. Uh, Woo! This is this is a special time for us. We're 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 a couple of LA boys who weren't even yeah. born the last time the Dodgers were in the World Series. <laughs> so yeah, if we occasionally uh, just jump out of our seats and start yelling, uh, please don't be alarmed. It's only because we have the World Series on in the background right now. Don't, granted, it is on mute right now because uh, I don't think anyone could stand listening to Joe Buck uh, talk, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if we like just get excited for no apparent reason, just know that something's going on in the World Series. Yeah, I got um I got the stream on mute as well. Uh yeah. <laughs> but uh this is this is not a baseball podcast, which um I don't know, maybe we should do a baseball podcast. But Hey, yeah, that's a good idea. But uh, this is this is still a movie podcast, and we're we're still asking uh, the things you people out there are asking, and other podcasts are afraid to ask. And uh, what are we what are we talking about this week, man? This week we are talking about uh, a director who we both feel like has become the new George Lucas. I and I mean that in the way that he once started off as a very visionary director made a lot of great and memorable films, but continually like, continually takes a dump on his own work and tries to refine it any chance he gets. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a director that has, you, you know, when, when he's on, he's on, but when he's not, he, he's really not. <laughs> if, oh, you, yeah. if you remember a couple of his uh, recent uh, body of work <laughs> which we'll uh which we'll get into obviously but yes we are talking about the one and only ridley scott ridley scott um yeah visionary um known for his uh you know his, his movies are very atmospheric very concentrated they're they're always uh you know obsessively shot but um (laughs) for better or worse uh the process often uh takes over and uh comes detrimental (laughs) to the movie absolutely and we're here we're not going to talk about every single one of his works because we'd be here forever if we did that, we'd probably we're probably just going to talk about like you know, the ones that people know the most. Obviously, you know, Alien, Blade Runner, Gladiator, and the like. 
Yeah, uh, and we are not talking about as Wikipedia lovingly um, created this page, a, his unrealized projects, which is quite uh, quite the list. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine he has quite the list of uh, <laughs> unfinished or unplanned uh, projects. But. Um, <clears throat> Just like Lucas, um, he doesn't know when to when to leave things uh, behind, and mm -hmm. and we'll talk about how seemingly even the movies that do get released uh, have at least four or five different versions floating around. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, let's. Uh... Let's begin. Let's start with uh, the movie that uh, initially put him on a map and in the eyes of millions of fans around the world. Of, of course, the uh, sci-fi horror classic known as Alien. This is one of the first movies that really made me shit my pants. Mm -hmm. Like like we said, he's very... Uh... He's a very obsessive director, and this movie, you can tell, like, he, he's really going for the uh, oppressive, dark atmosphere of the Nostromo, and uh, mm -hmm. just having the cast uh, basically confined to such a small space, and uh, having a seven-foot Nigerian... Uh, crawl around in the dark mm -hmm. absolutely yeah no i i'm in a complete agreement agreement with you because the first alien i had nightmares about that for weeks especially that one scene with um with uh john hurt and the uh, the alien kind of bursting through his chest oh yeah yeah um which you know, um, <clears throat> Ridley Scott neglected to tell uh, the cast that that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it, though. He wanted to keep the suspense alive throughout that enclosed environment. Yeah. Um, so so all the screaming in, in that uh, iconic chestburster scene, uh, it's real. Mm-hmm. That is definitely real. Because, uh, you know, nothing uh, nothing screams acting more than uh, your director actively <laughs> uh, <laughs> abusing you. <laughs> Pretty much. It's kind of like with uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, abusing uh, Shelley Duvall on the set of, uh, of The Shining. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's... Uh... That's a fun little tidbit. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like we should have mentioned that back in our uh, our Stephen King episode, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he apparently hated Shelley Duvall so much that he would do literally anything he could to make her feel as scared as possible. And speaking of uh, scared as possible, um, this movie also. Uh, involves the artwork of I guess the most uh you know there's something wrong with that boy type of artist uh, H R Giger and uh yeah 
Geiger. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, um, if you look at the original artwork that inspired the creature design, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, something wrong with that boy for sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but it so, works, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, it it does. It does work, and it was inspired by. Uh, uh, a painting he did, or a print that H.R. Geiger did, called uh, Necronom 4. And in that painting, uh, the alien's head was uh, distinctively larger than it actually, than you actually see on, on screen. Yeah, and, uh, well, a few reasons for that. Probably it's uh, uncomfortable to have such long prosthetics and... Uh, I don't know. It's it's um, well, the recurring theme in Geiger's work is um, sexual organs. So uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, the on the print. If you can uh, if you can Google it, it's it's even more uh, foul of form than just the elongated head of the alien. But yeah, it, it adds up to, you know, this uh Extremely unsettling and alien uh, creature because, well, I mean, if you if you've seen you know nineteen fifties nineteen sixties sci fi B movies, <laughs> I mean it it's usually just like a guy in like a monkey costume or something, but or. Or a guy in a monkey costume with a diver's helmet on. Oh yeah, uh, that's a, <laughs> that is a classic. Uh, fuck, what is that movie? Oh, it's uh oh, oh god, I have it on the tip of my tongue. It's uh something uh, of of terror. I think the word terror is definitely in it. <laughs> uh, was that on uh, Mystery Science Theater? I'm sure it was. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it was. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. What's it called? Oh, Robot Monster. Thank you. Robot Monster. Um, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was on uh, MSTK, MST3K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, uh, alien monsters used to be uh, people in monkey suits or uh, people in uh, spray painted uh, people spray painted green. So uh, this was this was you know uh, Ridley Scott's films, particularly this one and uh, Blade Runner and yeah, this one and Blade Runner. They're they're both extremely influential to the sci-fi genre and uh maybe maybe not just film, but also video games and also um and also like comic books and novels. Uh so you know, th- this is probably the Ridley Scott movie that everyone universally agrees upon that yes this is this is fucking good mhm yes no I, I definitely agree with that and it's one of the first movies that 
I personally have ever seen that features a very uh, a very strong female protagonist. Yeah, for sure. Sigourney Weaver is Ellen Ripley. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, I think uh, Ridley and the Ridley and Dan O'Bannon. Um, they were just auditioning people, and uh, I think they were, you know, I guess having the cast as gender neutral or like gender diverse as possible. And Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver blew them away with the with the table read, so it was uh, it was great because again, um, sci-fi up until that point probably was not the most. Uh, progressive when it came to gender roles uh, well i mean action movies in general back then because this was the start of the uh back then you know action movies were mainly dominated by uh by james bond and of course in the 80s you had uh you had stallone you had schwarzenegger you had bruce willis you had all these guys you had never re- didn't really have a strong uh a female protagonist yeah um well, in uh, Aliens and uh, Terminator 2, uh, we have Sigourney Weaver and uh, Linda Hamilton. That's right. In fact, for uh, well, the second Aliens film, which we'll get to, even though it has nothing to do with R- Ridley Scott, she actually got an Oscar nomination. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's got such uh, immortal lines as... Uh, Get away from her, you bitch, and uh, game over, man. Game over. I know. Line's so great, you would think Ridley Scott came up with it himself, but no, that actually was uh, James Cameron. Hell yes. Uh, Mr. Titanic. Uh... <laughs> I, I feel like no matter what he does with his career, he'll always be known as Mr. Titanic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. I, I guess uh, how could you, how could you get a one up on uh, such a classic as Titanic? Well, he's he spent the next. Uh, well, I mean, he's doing Avatar right now, which That's is basically going to take. He's basically going to take him to the end of his career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is he also going to be doing infinite sequels for that, or is it just a trilogy that everyone seems to be doing with their with movies that are uh, kind of good? Oh no, made made, uh, made a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh no, he's prepared for. Uh, he's going to shoot avatars two, three, and four simultaneously. Now that's uh, now that's being an auteur. I I, I guess. <laughs> I guess, but. Look, don't get me wrong. As a visual visual film, as a film that showcases, you know, the latest in visual effects, I enjoyed Avatar. It's just too bad that they had to combine the plots from uh, Dances with Wolves and Fern Gully to make the film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wasn't like super impressed with Avatar when it came out. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously the graphics uh, is it was probably like the most uh, imaginative, uh, I guess, 
visually sci-fi movie in a while, but I mean, like mm. the story was unremarkable. And speaking of unremarkable uh, stories, I- I'm sorry, I have to say it. I'm not a fan of Blade Runner. I think uh, Blade Runner, again, it's 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 really the visuals that made it stand out in so many people's minds. I mean, uh, Neil Neil Stevenson, I think that's the guy who wrote uh, Cryptonomicon. I think he saw uh, Blade Runner and he was like, well, fuck, this is exactly the kind of world I'm trying to build with uh, cyberpunk. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's... Look, I appreciate the fact for Blade Runner that it basically envisioned what a lot of big cities were going to look like in the future. Basically, a whole lot of a whole lot of neon with the subliminal uh, advertising. But um, I don't know. The story is just well. We'll get into the story in a bit. I wasn't too impressed with the story. It just looked like your average uh, noir film, but with robots. Yeah, it is. It. You know, basically is. Um, as you know, uh, Harrison Ford uh, plays a basically a bounty hunter who hunts down clones and uh, retires Deckard. them. Uh, Rick yes. Deckard, a Which, blade runner. <laughs> that's right. And he hunts down these, uh, these uh, robotic species called replicants who have very short lifespans and are mainly used for uh, for slave labor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess part of the difficulty of this being a movie is that we can't really fully explore what that means. But, I mean, for what it does in the movies, it's pretty good. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, what it, when it does What it does well, it does very well. It's just, I feel like it's a very lackluster story and i know what harrison ford's trying to do he's trying to you know be like the the humphrey bogart or the william powell or the gary cooper of the 19 1980s with that film but he just comes off as very uh god i'd rather be anywhere else than this yeah and uh speaking of he'd rather be somewhere else okay so this film more than any other of Ridley Scott's work is the one that he tinkers with the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. I was wrong. There are not five versions. There are eight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's obviously the prototype. There's a sneak preview. There's a theatrical release. There's an international release. There mm-hmm. is a broadcast version. There uh-huh. is the director's cut. And yep, that's five. The final cut. Uh-huh. And a four-hour-long early cut. Oh, my God. Look, I, I get why he wanted to, to change it originally. So if you don't know, in the original theatrical cut, there was a weird kind of a voiceover narration that looks like that sounds like Harrison Ford is in a completely different movie because it sounds so upbeat 
in complete contrast to how is how a Deckard acts. Yeah, um, the quote-unquote happy ending of the theatrical release. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, where he and uh, Sean Young just drive off into the sunset together, something that uh, the studio, something that Warner Brothers desperately wanted at the time. Yeah, uh, completely in contrast to the rest of the film. <laughs> um, yeah. It, but look, in that case, you know, I get it. I get why he had to to tinker with it a lot. I do feel the uh, the saving grace of that film is uh, Rutger Hauer as a uh, Roy Batty. Oh yeah, um, one of the most quoted, I guess, soliloquies in sci-fi. That's right. And did you know that he actually wrote that solilo- soliloquy himself? Yeah. Um... Which, uh, you know, it, it is one of the best things about the movie. <laughs> it is. It's literally the only time that's ever worked where an actor says, hey, you know what? This script sucks. I'm going to write all my own uh, my own lines. Yeah. And the, and the director says, okay. And somehow it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think Harrison Ford actually tried to do that when he was uh, making Star Wars. He's like saying he's probably saying something like, "George, you can you can write this shit, but no, you sure as hell can't say things like this." <laughs> That's right. No, he was trying to get uh, Han Solo killed off as early as Empire. Yeah, yeah. In in fact, the reason that Han Solo was frozen in carbonite is because nobody knew if Harrison Ford was going to come back. And do Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually, eventually, uh, Ford won out and, uh, yeah. He won out and he wasn't killed off until uh, episode seven. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Well, uh, uh, that's not the end of the Han Solo story, though. Uh, there's the prequel i guess coming out next year oh god don't remind me solo a star wars story i i'm already against it not well i mean i don't like the guy who they who they cast as a uh, as han solo i think he's uh incredibly bland as an actor i don't even remember who they cast it was uh what's his name uh, uh alton Aaron <laughs> Yeah. See? Yeah. Exactly. If you don't even remember who uh, who they cast, then uh, then what's the point? What I do want to see, though, I want to see uh, uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah. Young Lando. Now that's a that's a movie I want to see. Absolutely. Um, it's just uh, Donald Glover with um, Colt forty five and. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like going back to Ridley Scott for a sec, you know, he, he conti- continued to tinker with uh, Blade Runner, and now there's a sequel out, which critics are hailing as one of the best sequels of all time. Which, um, 
I guess I'm not sure if they were seeing the same movie I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, same. Same. I mean, once again, you know, like the original film, you know, the visuals are incredibly stunning, but the story leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Um, what, like, what both movies do well is, again, it's the atmosphere. It's the visuals of uh, L.A. Uh, after environmental degradation and everything's covered in neon and everyone's sad. And mm -hmm. the music helps, you know, there's like a combination of futuristic synths and uh, classic like noir motifs on the first one. And then the second one, it's just like fucking uh, Vuvuzelas everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess the story of Blade Runner 2049 is like, you know, it's whatever. It's not. What, I don't what, think it what goes. Story? Yeah, I don't think what it story? goes anywhere. It really doesn't. You feel like the story is almost set up so that there can be more sequels made of it. Yeah, it, it builds up a few things, but then once the movie ends, it kind of ends. Mm hmm. Yeah, and when I left, it's like, okay, that's uh, that's it? Cool. Uh, yeah. And yeah, um, Ryan Gosling as, as, the, uh, as a replicant cop in uh, 2049. <laughs> well, uh, I guess uh, having... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they basically said, let's just get someone that's devoid of all acting talent and just someone who looks good on the screen. Yeah, which, um, well, I mean, I like Ryan Gosling and Driver, but that's, the that's one, pretty see, much that's, it. <laughs> that's the one movie. That's the one movie that everyone points to when they say like you know oh ryan gosling's like the best actor in the world kind of thing um have you forgotten the notebook that's uh mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes i mean how could i forget the movie that uh if i even mention it to a friend of mine she'll she can quote the entire thing that's uh that is the one uh girlfriend movie that is pretty much everyone on earth uh, has watched at some point with their girlfriend. Pretty much. But yes, but... <laughs> uh, uh, it is It is yet uh, to be seen if uh, Denis Villeneuve will uh, also make uh, 75 different versions of 2049. <laughs> well, he's got to make 75 versions of uh, Ex Machina first. That's true. Um Yes, uh, Ex Machina, man, that's, uh... That actually was a good film. That was, and, uh, well, it's the same thing as, like, uh, the, like, the, the, the character of Joy in, in the movie, uh, 2049. It's mm -hmm. like, that, that pretty much is, like, 
where we're going as as men is just to like invent yeah. women. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? That's yeah. what, well, at, at least at least in Ex Machina, you know, Alicia Vikander uh, provided a little bit more depth to her role. Yeah. Uh, Tomb Raider. Uh, yes. I mean, I, uh, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if it looks like the. I don't care if it looks like the current video game. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, the trailer wasn't really a standout. It's a trailer, but we'll see. I mean, uh, I mean, if they do just like adapt the 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 recent um, reboot, then I mean, I like the reboot. I did too. But yeah, um, Joy, you know, I mean, I guess some people, like the, the extremely online subset of people, you know, the, the people whose job is, is to basically be on Twitter 24-7. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like, I guess they called out Joy for being wish fulfillment and uh, mis- yeah. misogynistic and sexist. And I guess like, yeah, but mm-hmm. but I mean, that's also the point. It's it's not right. a, it's not a happy future. No, it's not. And uh, it is kind of sad, you know, that uh, Robot Man. Um, basically, his only relationship is with an AI. <laughs> yeah, like his boss treats him like shit, and uh, people call him skin jobs, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> no, they're basically treating him like a uh, Edward James almost treated a uh, Harrison Ford in the original movie. <laughs> oh man, it, uh, I was a little bit disappointed that they brought back Edward James almost for for one scene. It's like, come on, man, you're better than this. Yeah, um, man, what's uh, what's Edward James almost been since? Uh... Battlestar Galactica. Oh, that is a very good question. Um, hmm. What has he been doing? Uh, uh, apparently he's been in a number of movies and a whole lot of TV shows. He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a few episodes. Few episodes. He was he was on the sip on the Simpsons, <laughs> and uh, he was on a uh, Narcos for a little bit. Okay. No, don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. He's doing fine. Oh, it says here he's going to be in uh, the upcoming Predator movie. The Predator. Yeah, because now we just. Uh... We just tack on a the to to the movie, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's like a, it's is... a reboot or or a sequel or a interquel or I don't know, man, just whatever. Kind of like Ridley Scott with this uh, Alien prequels he's doing, yeah. <laughs> which I don't get. I mean, look, Alien was a great film. It set the standard for sci-fi horror. Was he a little bit up? Was he upset that uh, James Cameron actually made a better film than he did? 
I think so. Um, a lot of the cool shit people remember, probably like probably does come from aliens. I mean, all the all the f- like action stuff really does come from the sequel, not the original, because the original again was more about atmosphere and being scared as shit in outer space. Almost claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. In a way. And you know, it's uh it's got that uh famous uh what is it, that that uh line, that, you know, oh, in space yeah. no one can hear you scream. That's right, but that's kinda like, you know, with the Jaws two tagline, you know, just thought just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Oh yeah. But uh, but look, I get why I get why he decided to uh to revisit the Alien franchise because after the second Aliens, you know, Alien Three, which was directed by David Fincher, was absolutely terrible. And do I need to mention Alien Resurrection? Now that's uh, now that's shitting the bed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they decided to bring Ripley back, you know, just for shits and giggles. That was that was also probably the worst thing Joss Whedon has ever written. That's right. He wrote that. <laughs> hey, we all got to start somewhere. Hey, if you if you thought the original uh, theatrical Buffy was like bad, yeah, this is this is incredible. You know, I keep forgetting that uh, before Buffy was a TV show, it was a, a movie. Yeah, and um, definitely uh, the Buffy TV show is light years ahead of the fucking movie. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. Before we talk about, before we go into more details uh, about the uh, his quest to make sure that the Alien franchise is awesome again. Let's talk about uh let's talk about some Gladiator. Let's talk about some Gladiator. So, um after Blade Runner, um Ridley Scott made a string of movies, uh Legend, which again also has <laughs> many different versions. Uh <laughs> Thelma and Louise, uh GI yes. Jane, uh uh-huh. 1492 with uh Gérard Depardieu as uh uh-huh. <laughs> as uh Harry Potter director Chris Columbus. <laughs> yes, because that was actually the third film that was released that year about Christopher Columbus because it was the 500th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's quote-unquote discovery. It's uh 500 years since uh Christopher Columbus uh set his dogs on a bunch of natives in Hispaniola. That's right. Um, is it, there's, um, there was that John Glenn movie, right? Which one? Um, Which one are you talking about? Uh, it, uh, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery. Ah, yes, that's right. With, uh, <laughs> Marlon Brando. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. Tomas de Torquemada. He d- uh, he played Torquemada, really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> wow. As an inquisitor, wow. Uh, all right. So after uh, after the string of movies, uh, I guess uh, this is another one that 
most people agree is a good movie, uh, Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Yes. I it's think, one of my favorites. Yeah, I think his. also the poster is required to be in at least uh, someone's dorm at any given time. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah, I'd say so. I think I saw a couple of my friends that uh, have this poster up, and I asked them, uh, uh, what's Russell Crowe's uh, character's name? They couldn't tell me. Oh, come on. Come on. That's... That's the fucking classic bit in the movie, man. I mean, <laughs> a Maximus I Decimus Meridius. It's like hu- husband to a murdered wife, father, father to a murdered son, son, servant of the true emperor. Marcus Aurelius, <laughs> and I will have my vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually funny. If you look at it, this is the ultimate pro wrestling storyline. I mean, you know, if you talk to a classicist, gladiators were basically the uh, MMA fighters or wrestlers of the Roman world. That's right. And uh, one other fun tidbit uh, about filmmaking. I think Ridley Scott wanted to have a scene where uh, Maximus or another gladiator uh, basically do... uh, you know, plugs like uh, sports stars do now, but then someone oh. vetoed, it, vetoed it, saying like, "Yeah, people people won't believe this is real," but it actually right. was. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> no, I like it. I like the uh, probably the best scenes are probably the uh, scenes you know in the Colosseum in the uh, in the gladiators uh, arena. Yeah, because it looks it looks so realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also a highly quotable movie, so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's see. Uh, what's that? Uh... Well, there's a, <laughs> are you not entertained? <laughs> I am not entertained. <laughs> that was the big uh, line that hooked everybody in with the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, here's a but, fun. Uh, here's a fun tidbit. Uh, originally, the role was first offered to Mel Gibson. Oh God! Uh, so Meridius would. <laughs> no, no, just no, just no, just, no, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, just no. <laughs> Woo! Okay, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I'm reading the character description, and <laughs> apparently he's a Hispa- uh, Maximus Meridius is a Hispano-Roman legatus who lives in Spain. Yes. So, oh God, no wonder the role was also offered to Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I feel like Antonio Banderas could have pulled it off, though. Yeah, probably. Um, man, what would happen if uh, Javier Bardem uh, was offered the role? Ooh, ooh, that would have been good. Yeah. I, I don't think, but 
unfortunately, I don't think people knew who Javier Bardem was back in 2000. I think he was still uh, doing uh, Almodovar movies in Spain. Yeah, it's, it's probably just like drinking sangrias and eating tapas somewhere in uh, <laughs> the Balearic Islands. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't think people knew who he was until he became like Anton Chigger. That's right. No, you know what he he first came to fame, I think, in the U.S. He did a Love in the Time of Cholera. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in that movie. That's right. When I first saw his name, it's like, wait a minute, Javier Bardem. Like, where have I seen him before? It's like, oh yes, that's where I know him from. But yeah, um, you know, uh, Gladiator, again, trademark, uh, Scott Visuals. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably the most impressive, like, scenery of Rome until the television series Rome. (laughs) Yes. I mean, for what they had at the time, uh, I think they did a great job with uh, capturing Rome to its, uh, its original former glory. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, I don't even know to call this late empire, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is after the time most people think of when people think of Roman history, this is way after they became an empire. I mean, Marcus Aurelius is one of the last of the four good emperors, I think. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not an ancient, uh, I'm not an ancient world specialist, uh, we need to call in no, some I, of our connects from uh, NYU history or some shit. Or the NYU classics department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Marcus Aurelius was one of like the last uh, good emperors that uh, Rome ever had. Because I think after him well, came, was it Nero? Did Nero come after him? No, Nero was one of the early ones. I think he was third or fourth he- emperor of Rome. Um, but yeah, I think after Marcus, it was just like either bad or unremarkable until Constantine. Uh huh. Constantine, yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I'm looking it up right now. His death was. Uh, his death basically signaled the uh, period of uh, instability that eventually led to the. Uh, Fall the Roman Empire. Well, there you go. Um, if Joaquin Phoenix didn't uh, betray his father, um, maybe Rome would have. Uh, maybe Rome would still exist, and we, we'd all be speaking the Queen's Latin. The Queen's Latin. Because uh, oh, I mean, I mean, Rome still exists nowadays. But... Well, yeah, but <laughs> not not as. Uh, now it's just full of, uh, you know, uh, hairy-chested men uh, drinking, uh, uh, you know, ristretto and uh, going around in uh, Vespas and uh, <laughs> fucking beautiful, beautiful girls. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess not much has changed except the Vespas. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, probably. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I should ask, uh, I should ask, uh, the Italians what they think about Rome. 
Yeah. No, I, sh- I should probably do that too. I should ask a couple of friends of mine what they currently think about uh, what's going on over there. Hey, I mean, Berlusconi was basically a Roman emperor. Yeah. He had... To... <laughs> oh, man. I, I know we're getting off track, but he had these things <laughs> called bunga bunga parties. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I think he basically fucked an underage girl and that was his downfall. Why, why am I not surprised that that happened? Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, Italians don't believe in consent. Uh, apparently, neither do Americans <laughs> either. Oh, man. But yeah, Gladiator, that's that's another uh, bona fide uh, Ridley Scott classic. Um, again, great visuals. Uh, soundtrack, also uh, also pretty good from what I remember. That's uh, right. You know, it's it's full of like the the atmospheric, uh, you know, boom boom marches and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of quotations from like what is it, opera or like classical music? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and Hans Zimmer. It's Hans Zimmer, man. Yeah. Apparently, he loved the uh, the work that he did on Gladiator so much that he reused parts of uh, the Gladiator theme for Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh man! Uh... If you listen, you listen closely during that opening battle, you'll hear the strains, the familiar strains of what would eventually be known as the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. <laughs> yep. Captain Jack Sparrow, mate. <laughs> I can't believe they made five of those. Um, I think they're making more. Uh, again, this is the oh, time geez. of endless sequels. Why? Why? There didn't need to be a fourth one, much less a fifth one. <laughs> but yes, um... After Gladiator, you know, I mean, I guess I don't really want to talk about Hannibal, but yes, he made the sequel to John Dem's, you know, classic Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, which, uh, mm-hmm. which is trademark Ridley Scott for another reason, and that is troubled production. Uh, yes, and features that one infamous scene where... Uh... He for uh, Anthony Hopkins forces Ray Liotta to eat his own brains. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's tied down to a dinner table, and uh, skulls cracked open. And uh, Anthony Hopkins is like, you know, being creepy and British, and uh, got a fork full of uh, <laughs> fava beans and a nice Chianti, and. Uh, you know, yeah, have a taste of your own brain. <laughs> have a taste of your own brain. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Goodfellas, have a taste. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird about that is that it took Brett Ratner, of all people, to make a better sequel. Yeah, that's uh, that's a twist no one saw coming. I know, right? Hey, you never know. 
people who directors who you think of as incredibly shitty and lacking in taste pull one out of their ass every once in a while. That's true. Um, but uh, hey, we're we're big <laughs> we're big believers in shitty directors. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Tommy Wiseau. That's uh, ah, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what can't we say about Tommy Wiseau? I think we might dedicate a whole episode to Tommy Wiseau. We will. Uh, we'll do that after uh, the Disaster Artist comes out. Yes, yes, perfect, perfect timing. But yeah, uh, Hannibal, uh, shit movie, and then uh, and then there's Black Hawk Down, which is uh, when did this come out? Yeah, this is oh, this is the first uh, the first of the post nine eleven movies, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean actually the events took place in the nineties, but. Um, Let's not get that in the way of a good st- of of of, of uh, p- patriotism, right? Right, right, of course. Here, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's <laughs> it's a film about American soldiers in Mogadishu, Somalia, starring a bunch of Brits. Yeah. <laughs> if you go down the cast list, there's uh, there's <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Hugh Dancy, um, Jason Isaacs, uh, Tom, Tom Hardy's in it. Tom Hardy, uh, Yon Griffith at if, Gr- fucking, Griffith, fucking Welshman, man, just speak <laughs> English. He does speak English. That's just the way he uh, <laughs> spells his name. It's pronounced Griffith, but that's just the way he spells it. Yeah, well, I guess that's the correct way you spell it in Welsh. But see, that's my problem with all these Celtic languages is that they can't spell. <laughs> have you have you seen like uh, like dead ass Irish names from Ireland? I have. Yes, and it's it's like Owen is spelled E O I N A N and. Uh, McCool is M A C C U M H A I L L with like a bunch of fucking diacritics everywhere. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, see, that's the thing we need to bring back is uh, anti-Irish sentiment. Oh my God! No, 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 don't say that! Don't say that! Damn. Uh, yeah, Black Hawk Down. Um, what else can I say about Black Hawk Down besides uh, having? Can we just say how? Can we just say how long it is? Yes, and again, uh, Ridley Scott can't leave well enough alone. No, he can't. He has an extended cut of Black Hawk Down. Oh, an extended cut, really? Yes. So he's making it even longer. Yes. Now, <laughs> damn. Something no one asked for. I'm pretty sure. Right. No, I I agree. But again, uh, this was really uh, it. Really captured the zeitgeist of the early Bush era of the early like 
patriotism boner that Americans have immediately post nine eleven. Um, mm-hmm. That they continue to have. Yeah, this is this is the ultimate in uh, troops movie. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this or any movie related to World War Two. Yeah, basically, uh, like uh, what uh, Eastwood's been doing with his movies. Oh, like uh, Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah. Um... Which, look, I'll give Eastwood credit for that. He told the story from both perspectives. Yeah. From both the American perspective and the Japanese perspective. Something that I don't think anyone's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Was that after Gran Torino? No, before. Oh, before. Okay. I was going to say, well, maybe he's making it up for <laughs> for saying all those slurs in Gran Torino. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, that's basically Eastwood playing himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to eventually. Well, we'll probably do... Uh, We'll do an episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, episode. Was there a movie where Clint Eastwood, and this is a Western movie from what I remember, but he kisses a 12-year-old girl to ki- to keep her quiet? What? Okay. If I what? can find this this YouTube clip, I'll, fi- I'll send it to you. Please. Please do. Because... <laughs> Because what the fuck? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Clint Eastwood, you sick bastard. Yeah. Um, but one last thing about Black Hawk Down, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, more more Ridley Scott, uh, quote unquote, goodness. Um, the soundtrack, uh, Hans Zimmer, and um, it's got you know. It, it it's got like the the thing that um <clears throat> that sting was ripping off for a bit uh, the uh, the the indigenous music of the region oh right right actually i think it was with uh with the guy who who did collaborate with sting rashita huh. yeah there you go huh interesting yeah hmm Man, it's kind of weird, you know, to have like troops uh, walking around, uh, carrying guns, shooting at, at black people, and then the music is like, yale, 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 like it's supposed to be respectful or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ridley Scott, the master of subtlety. Yeah. Um, but this is not the uh, last time he'll be in the Middle East. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Because no. <laughs> four years after he made Kingdom of Heaven, which, again, has several different versions floating around, including, I believe, a four-hour cut. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Extended director's cut. Um, extended the film by 45 minutes. The film itself is already, oh my God. The film itself is already 144 minutes. The director's cut is 194 minutes. Yeah, so who the fuck is sitting through this? 
who knows? But apparently, a lot of people loved it, and critics have said it's his, like, <laughs> they've called it his definitive version of the film, or the definitive version of the film. I mean, I, I, I did sit through the movie, but I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of the things in the director's cut that should have been in the film, and there's, and but there's still other things they could have cut. Right. You know, it's uh, well. Anyway, um, it does it does have some good acting in it. Uh, yeah. Edward Norton, who acts behind a mask as the Leper King Baldwin, actually very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I actually think Orlando Bloom does a very good job in it. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, what is it? His dad was Liam Neeson in the movie. Yes, um, yes. And whoever they got to play Saladin was good, too. Saladin, uh, uh, his name is Hassan Masood. Okay. Oh, look at that. Uh, it turns out you can cast brown people as brown people. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Take note of that, Ridley Scott. Take note of that. <laughs> it's uh it's it's weird that he he does not uh <laughs> he does not follow through in another movie that he did about the Middle East. Uh mm-hmm. Oh my god, that that movie before, when I saw the trailer, hell, when I even saw a picture for Exodus Gods and Kings, it's like you cast Christian Bale as Moses. Yeah. Um, you you cast Batman from fucking Wales as Moses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that movie was bad in many ways. Um, no, I, 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 no, I was personally offended by this film. As a Jew, I was personally offended by this film because it's a mo- it's a movie made by an atheist. One, two. Now look, uh, before you guys read anything into this, I have nothing against atheists. Don't worry, people are free to believe whatever they want to believe. But this is a movie about my people. This is a movie about one of the most important events in our history. Yeah, uh, and between this and uh, Darren Aronofsky's uh, Moa, Noah, that was uh, oh god, that was also a shitty movie. Because apparently they were both on a big religious kick at the time. Yeah. Um, well, it was it was shitty for for another mess of reasons, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, after uh, Kingdom of Heaven and uh, before Exodus. Uh, he did. He did a, a different set of movies. You know, there's uh, American Gangster. Yes. It's yes. Uh, again. Like we said, when 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 he's on, he's on. But when mm-hmm. but when he's not, it's, you know, not. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, before uh, American Gangster, he did uh, what was it? A good year. Yeah, he did a good year. That was. It's like Ridley Scott. Yeah. You're trying to do a romantic comedy, and you're failing miserably. Yeah. 
boy. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, it's like you have music set to Sinatra. This isn't you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, American Gangster. Um, great film. Great film. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. You know, it's uh... American Gangster. I think it actually is my personal favorite of his work because Denzel Washington, who is my favorite actor of all time, gives one of the best performances of his career. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. As real life uh, drug uh, kingpin Frank Lucas. Yeah, and it's got a stack cast, you know. And then obviously, there's Denzel. There's also mm-hmm. Chiwetel Ejiofor. That's uh, right. Cuba Gooding yeah, well, Jr. <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris is Elba. In it. Hell yeah. Uh, you know who else is in it? The RZA. The RZA. No, I remember. He's he's a, he's a detective, isn't he? He is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, from Wu Tang to uh, to the big screen to the big screen. Um, there you go. No, no, no. I I also remember Ti is in this. He is. He is in that. <laughs> God damn. But I love that. I love the relationship that uh, Denzel has with the uh, with most of the cast. I love the dynamic he shares with the. Uh, with Russell Crowe, and this is where I first saw uh, Josh Brolin in a film. Really? Yeah. The first time I ever saw Josh Brolin on screen. I didn't know he was in Goonies until much, much later. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. He was, in, <laughs> he was in Hollow Man, though. Yeah, I make it a point to not see that when the occasion calls for it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great movie. See it. the di- The dynamic between the characters is really, really interesting. Um, oh, it's brilliant. Set in uh, the '60s, and there's you know there's there's references to things going on at the time. Uh, Fight of the Century, mm-hmm. Fall of Saigon. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a great it's a great period piece. It really is, and if you haven't seen seen it yet, please check it out because it's a fantastic film. Yeah, and uh, of course, um, now that he's good. He's bad again, and uh, there's Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, God. Was there really a need to make another Robin Hood movie? Well, you know, uh, it's public domain, so uh, you don't need permission. No, I guess not, but you figure after, you know, there's the Disney version, there's the uh, the Errol Flynn version, there's the Kevin Costner version. Hell, there's the Mel Brooks version. Yes, Men in Tights. Great movie. That's right. Awesome film. But I don't think there really was a need to to make this movie. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't even really know what to, what else to say about this. Uh, I mean, it's utter. It's utterly unremarkable. That's what uh, it is. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the pretty thing much, is, yeah. the the thing is, it's got people that I like in it for whatever reason. Mark Strong's in it. Oscar Isaac's in it. Max von Sydow. And Kate like, Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, and it's like. Why? 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 Why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like at this point he was just <clears throat> he was just saying like you know I'll try uh, I'll try some other things before I have to go back to Alien again. Yeah. Um... Which is what he did in 2012 with Prometheus. Yeah, and what's funny about it is that in the beginning he was a little cagey and he was just like say, "Oh, well, this, you know, it's it's not really an alien movie. There's there's like bits of alien-esque things in it." But we all know that's no, bullshit. It's an alien movie. Yeah, he like it finally just comes right out and say like, "Yeah, I'm doing a fucking alien movie." Uh-huh. Um I remember God, I remember all the hype yeah. surrounding this. I remember all the hype. The creepy trailer and everything. It was it was just so weird. And when I saw the film, I just thought, like, you know, ah, yeah, this looks like another alien film. There is that one scene though that no matter how long I live, it will always creep me the fuck out every time I watch it. Yeah. And that that's the scene where She's uh, the main character, uh, played by uh, Numi Rapace. She's impregnated with the uh, the alien spawn, and literally goes on this uh, machine to remove it from her. And oh my god, you should have seen the entire audience that night. It was a packed house. Everybody was just turning their heads away. Yeah. Um... You know, it's pretty effective, and uh, I, I thought Michael Fassbender was good in in this movie as uh, as David. As David the Android. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's kind of funny is that um, both Prometheus and Alien Covenant, I watched them mm-hmm. on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. yeah, I don't really have a desire to see this movie, but I'm stuck in a tin can for six hours, so why not? <laughs> yeah. I was, um, it was for my flight back from Melbourne, actually. <laughs> this, I watched <laughs> Alien Covenant and Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Oh, Jesus. Why would you subject yourself to that? I don't know. I uh, finished listening to all my podcasts, so I was like, yeah, I guess I'm held hostage by in-flight entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing better to watch or? Not from what I remember. Uh, That's a shame. Yeah. Well, Prometheus, I don't know. You know, it's scary, but I think it's just like a whatever movie. Yeah. And it wound up making money and spawned a sequel. Yeah. Um, I guess that brings us to 
the latest of his work. Well, he also did The Martian. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. almost uh, forgot about that. It's, uh, obviously, this is a hack bit, but how many times have we rescued fucking Matt Damon at this point? Uh, I don't know. Let's think. There's uh, Saving Private Ryan. There's this film. I think, was he in Interstellar? Yes. He wasn't in Interstellar. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, God. What else? I think he had to be rescued in, like, Courage Under Fire or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, how many times are we going to rescue Matt Damon? How many times are we going to refuse to take a trip with Tom Hanks? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Martian was pretty good. I think that's also um, people generally agree is a good movie. <laughs> yes, but then he had to make Alien Covenant. Yes. Um, which has so many plot holes, I think it um, made me visibly upset when I watched it. See, I never saw it. I wasn't that interested in it to begin with. Yeah. Well, they go to an alien planet that they'd never been to before, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we can breathe here, and then they just don't wear helmets. And it's like, well, how do you know you're not going to get sick from anything? It's still an alien fucking world. Oh, my God. A bunch of dumbasses lived on that ship. Yeah. It really is kind of like a slasher type of, like, dumb shit movie. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Goddamn. Oh. Oh, oh, and apparently, listen to this. Uh, back in March of this year, Ridley Scott said of the Alien franchise, he said, if you really want a franchise, I can keep cranking it for another six. I'm not going to close it down again. No way. Okay, um, Jesus Christ. Someone's got to tell him, Whew. okay, enough. Stop being the new George Lucas. Yeah. And even then, uh, Lucas is uh, he's essentially hands-off at this point with the Star Wars films. So, Thank God. Now, now there's room to make a, a reboot to Howard the Duck. Yeah, um... <laughs> well, you know, Howard the Duck actually is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's probably just uh it's probably a long time coming. Okay, please. Please don't do that. Marvel, please if you're listening, please don't make another Howard the Duck movie. Actually, Marvel, please please do that and make it <laughs> one of the required viewing for the next uh <laughs> for Avengers 4 or whatever. Uh well, I mean, you'd think that after Infinity Wars, that'd be about it, right? Well, I mean, this is basically uh, Disney's license to print money now, so... As if they didn't have before. <laughs> right, between... Uh, they've got the Marvel Universe, they've got the Star Wars Universe, they've got Pixar, they've got ESPN, they've got they've ABC, got they've... Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and Donald Duck actually is... Um, 
I think the most read comic book in Italy, Finland, and Indonesia and Sweden. Huh. Yeah. Um, it's weird, but um, yeah. Why those countries? I don't know, but if you Google uh, Donald Duck Italian, uh, there's a com- there's a comic where uh, Donald Duck is a superhero called Paprinik. Paprinik. P a p e r i n i k. Huh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. All right. Yeah, maybe maybe I should ask. Maybe I should ask my Italians this too. It's like, (laughs) yeah, did you did you fucking read this shit when you were a kid? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm seeing all this. I'm seeing. uh, (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, in Italy, he know he's known as uh, Paperino. Yes. Paperino. (laughs) <laughs> and i think okay. in finland he's uh aqua anka or some shit aqua anka hang on now i gotta look this up wait finland well anka means duck in swedish and oh yeah yeah i, I see it aqua anka yeah yeah there oh wait go. oh wait donald duck comics were banned from finland because he doesn't wear pants well, uh, eventually they were unbanned, and he's really popular. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we could also <laughs> we could also do an episode on this. <laughs> Actually, I do want to do an episode on Disney at some point, but talk about yes. I want to talk about when Doc, when Donald Duck was a troop. Or when Donald Duck was a Nazi. There you go. Uh, Der Fuhrer's face. Oh, my God. And, I can't uh, believe that was actually a thing. And uh, when Donald Duck uh, was uh, filibustering in South America. <laughs> what, what a time to be alive. <laughs> So what's next uh, for Scott besides uh, endlessly creating alien sequels? Hmm. That is a very good question. What? What is he going to do next? He's doing that uh, Getty movie, right? Hmm. All the money in the world about uh, J. Paul Getty, the... I don't fucking know. Uh, Let's see. Hang on. All the money in the world. Uh, yeah, uh, just about J. Paul Getty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, when, yeah. When, 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 the thing is, when you're rich, you, you name all your kids the same thing. So there's like J. Paul Getty the third, or the fourth, mm-hmm. or the seven hundredth. And uh, Kevin Spacey is playing J. Paul Getty. Oh hell yes! That actually is going to be pretty I, epic. Not going to lie. I I am all about this movie now. <laughs> me too me too ah mark Wahlberg's in it oh god oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute i oh i i've heard of this before i i know i know the story yeah 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 
is um it's when uh, Jake yeah, Paul it's third when the third was kidnapped by the mafia yeah yeah oh that's oh right and they they cut off his ear and yep, sent it back yep. to him yep wow yeah I remember that <laughs> and uh oh it's gonna be released uh, December of this year well there you go um Mm-hmm. That's the next on the list for uh, Ridley Scott. That's right. I mean, besides besides film, he's also been uh, producing television. And uh, mm-hmm. let's not forget, he also did the iconic uh, 1984 commercial for Apple. That's right. And did on he January... also do the uh, Pepsi commercial? Which one? Uh, Choice for a New Generation or whatever that was called yes you yes. did you did, the, did do that one but oh the 1984 one for apple that is legendary and it's sad knowing that uh what he talked about in that commercial we've unfortunately succumbed to nowadays yeah um and yeah, well, I mean, Apple uh, basically <laughs> turned into the company that it was that, that it was criticizing. Yeah. Apple turned into Big Brother. Yeah, um, from sneaking in uh, U2 albums on everyone's phones to oh uh, god, oh, oh, that was awful. That was awful. You know what though? I do. I, it's, I, I gotta, this is the rare time that I feel bad for you uh, 2 but imagine how they must feel, you know, right. like, they're giving away their album for free, and everyone's just saying, like, yeah, can you take this off? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why should they care? They've already made a ton of money off their, uh, off their work. Yeah, Bono's um, product brand, <laughs> and... Uh, What's that album with the fucking baby in a soldier's helmet? Whatever. I've, oh. you know, I I'm proud to say I don't think I've listened to any U two songs except, except for that one on uh, the Tomb Raider film. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, well. Um, if you are looking for uh, more Ridley Scott tidbits, uh, try to look up some of the unfinished, uh, unrealized projects that he's done, including, apparently, he wanted to make a sequel to Robin Hood. <laughs> Just, mm, yeah. Yeah. He Why? Also, he also wanted to make a sequel to gladiator for whatever reason which i don't think is a very (laughs) sequel ready episode uh movie uh, whatever no because it already ends on a on a high note yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah that is the uh the chronology somewhat of the career of Ridley Scott. And we can always, uh, 
we can always expect him to keep coming out with new cuts of his movies until until the day he folds up that director's chair for the last time. That's right. And then he'll probably instruct his son to take over the work from there. Yep. So there you go. I mean, mm-hmm. in many ways, he's probably worse than George Lucas. <laughs> yes. Because at least George Lucas knows when to call it quits. Yeah, because I think George now, he's content with uh, just living in... Uh, Skywalker Cal- Ranch. Yeah, Skywalker Ranch. Enjoying the idols of Northern California. That's right. And pissing off his neighbors, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs> See, that's uh, I think that's uh, the one thing that made me respect him again is just him uh, pissing off his asshole rich neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know what? More power to him. More power to him. But yeah, there you go. Um, Ridley Scott. Um, I guess we're going to be expecting the Alien Covenant sequel sometime in the near future. That's um, right. The Getty movie, probably, I'll probably see it. Kevin Spacey's in it. Yeah. No, I'll definitely see it. Maybe I'll uh, I'll, I'll put the Black Hawk Down music as, a, as our outro. Yes. Some good <laughs> music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man. That's, uh, again, it's incredible. Um, it's a movie about shooting brown people. Ostensibly, it's anti-war, but it's the most gung-ho, like, dicks out for America type of movie. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, there you go. Um, it's another... It's another episode of questions like this. And is Ridley Scott uh, the next George Lucas? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. In, uh, and in many ways, probably worse than Lucas at this point. And uh, yeah, we're, we're leaving you with uh, the Black Hawk Down music. And uh, join us next time. We'll... We'll do something for Halloween. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's spooky month, people. Uh, ooh. ooh, hope you uh, hope you got spooked. Um, go to a haunted <laughs> house or watch uh, watch Nickelodeon on Halloween or whatever it is people do. <laughs> I used to do yeah. that, man. Fuck. Now you- I used to watch Disney Channel. I used to watch all those uh, those Halloween Town films and Hocus Pocus. Oh, of course. We could we could do that. We could talk about Hocus Pocus and. Uh, That's right. If there, if, if there is ever a group of three girls in need of a costume, that is exactly what they'll do. Yes, absolutely. I used to uh, my neighbor. Uh, growing up um there's like these three uh persian sisters and every fucking halloween they always went as a hocus pocus witches they went as the, as the sanderson sisters yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome and i'm like wow um what is that uh five years in a row huh
<laughs> hey, if it works, hey, it works. Whatever, you know, more power to him. Exactly. I, I hope they're all right. I haven't seen them since they moved. But anyway, that's uh, it's probably our next episode. We'll be talking about some spooky movies. No, nah, man, that's that, that's too scary. Turn it off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Um, <laughs> and uh, baseball update. Uh, Astros and Dodgers are tied right now. It's top of the sixth. That's right. Um, and, and Clayton Kershaw just got his 11th strikeout of the evening. Yep. Goddamn. Wow. Whew. Uh, Alright, um, we'll see everyone next time. Take care, everyone.